Governor the Podcast, a reminder that yes, there are things out there that are in fact worse than Post Malone's White Iverson. Hello and welcome to another episode of LL Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. And I'm Tom. And holy shit, we actually managed to record more than one episode for a month. That's that's a first. Hooray! <laughs> we've been, we've been productive. <laughs> yeah, we're being productive for a change. And uh, no, I mean it's it's because it, usually I um, I'm very busy with work, as 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 a lot of people know who listen to this. And if you you aren't listening to this show, then what the fuck are you doing? This is not a good. This is not a good uh, start off point for the show. Please go back and listen to the to I think the last three episodes because I explained this. <laughs> Basically, I got an I got a I got a job that that takes a lot of my time and I don't have a lot of free time. So, you know, and and, and we took like a month long hiatus uh, last time and uh, yada yada yada. But uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to stick to a schedule here. So hopefully we'll we'll have more than one episode per month. So, you know, uh, fingers crossed. Is, is what Here's I'm trying it. to say. So, uh, um, I, I kind of hate to say I kind of hate to start this uh, episode off with some sad news, but uh, we kind of have to because uh, this this actually really got to me. Uh, Don Rickles passed away. Yeah, well, be yeah, it is sad to be honest, but you know he he's lived a long life. You can't argue that. It's it's sad to me because again I you know, a Toy Story the first Toy Story was the first movie I ever saw in a theater, yeah. so it it, it kind of always had a I, I always had a special connection to connection to that movie because it was the first ever movie I saw in a theater, and I remember as a, I was like five years old at the time, and it blew me away. Like, I had never seen anything like it at the time. And, you know, to this day, I don't think that, that, that a movie that... I don't think anything else has come close to blowing me away as, as, as that uh, as that movie did as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that movie was just something else. That movie was revolutionary. It was big, you know, is the best way to put it. Yeah, because it was the first uh, 3D animated uh, feature film. Yeah. It was a huge risk at the time, and it was a industry-changing film when you think about it when it comes to animation and just films in general, you know? It's this sort of film that came out and be like, okay, animation can be for anyone, you know? Yeah, Not so- especially is uh, the reason it's such a big deal was because it was a Disney movie, and mm-hmm. this was at the time when Disney was kind of slowly fading into obscurity with their animated lineup and this well, is a this is a huge risk for them would have been mean that they were going through their disney renaissance so i wouldn't say they were doing badly but it was you can tell as pixar was rising disney with their films started to decline more it's the best way to put it you know? yeah, yeah, because like I said, this is like 1995, and at that point they were starting to fade into real obscurity. Because because uh, the last movie, because uh, Beauty and the Beast was like 1991, and that was their last huge. Uh, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin were their last really two big blockbusters from yeah. the 90s, 
and after that they just went radio silent like everyone was kind of wondering well, well what's the next disney movie gonna be uh did pocahontas come out uh, before or after toy story i want to say before because that that movie was very con- that was that one's a very controversial polarizing movie because a lot it was the first disney movie i think i remember uh that got really shit reviews which is something unheard of at the time. Yeah, I want to say... Oh, no, it came around about the same time, 95. Oh, so, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. So so my point is that uh, you look at something like Pocahontas and it didn't really do do well for, for them because they were uh, struggling with struggling with, with that formula, the, with that classic Disney formula. And then you have Pixar come in and say, okay... We're going to do something completely different. I think it didn't help as well that the year before Pocahontas came out, they were coming off The Lion King. Oh, yeah, Lion King. Oh, my yes, God. I, that was... Uh, you want to yeah. talk about, you want to talk about like uh, life-changing movies? Yeah. I remember when The Lion King came out and everyone, like everyone I knew, could not stop talking about it. It was... Uh, it was a life-changing movie. That that movie, um, it was an event. It wasn't. It wasn't like a movie. It was like a an event because everyone was like talking about it, and and I was like, well, well, what's the Lion King? I gotta see this, and I and I watched it on VHS as a kid. Now I was like blown away by it. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, because after that there was, um, I'm trying to think what came out after. Um, uh, Mulan came uh, came after that, didn't it? 1997. Uh, Mulan was ninety eight. The Hercules was ninety seven. Oh yeah, Hercules. Uh, that was another polarizing movie because it felt yeah. the the problem with Hercules is that it feels like a Warner Brothers animated movie and not a Disney animated movie. Yeah, it's the same with um, Emperor's New um, the Emperor's New Groove as well. It came out in two thousand. You know. Yeah, I think Emperor's New Groove was their last animated two D movie until Princess and the Frog nine years later. No, there was a few. There was a few oh other. no, no, there was Home on the Range, which was their biggest flop to date. Yeah. <laughs> you had Treasure Planet as well. Oh, that was another flop. Um, I think the only one I can think of that did well in the naughty was Leo and Stitch. Yeah, that was it. That was the last good movie they actually put out before they. Yeah. Oh, Atlantis! That was another one that lost them a lot of money. Ooh, Atlantis! Yeah. Ooh boy. Yeah. <laughs> good two D film they did was. Leo Stitch until Princess and the Frog, but the problem was Princess and the Frog. I think it just couldn't find it audience, and also I think it came out not at a good time either. You know? Yeah, it came out during a time when Disney was trying to so hard to distance itself from their cartoons, and then and then you have this movie where it's like, oh hey, it's two D animation, and it's like, yeah. wait a minute, weren't you guys trying to distance yourself from your cartoons? Because you know. You were pushing for Hannah Montana and all that shit back then, so it's like, well, what are you doing? Yeah, I know what I mean. And then after that, I mean, to give you an idea, a rough perspective, like um, Princess of the Frog at the box office made two hundred sixty-five million, and it was made on a budget of one hundred five million. I mean, it made it. It's made it made its money back, but it didn't yeah. like. Uh, it didn't like shatter the box office yeah. like what what they expected but, it to. 
but to give you an expected, the next volume film coming next year was Tangled, and that was made on a, a bit more money, which was two hundred fifty million, but it made five hundred ninety-one million back at the box office, so it made even more money, <laughs> you know. And then, and then Frozen came out and pretty much destroyed it, um, destroyed any chance of a two D film getting made again. So yeah, that's that that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah. I think the reason is because, again, uh, and another factor we have to factor in is, well, DreamWorks. I mean, DreamWorks came out with Shrek, and that and that changed everything. That movie changed okay. everything about uh, animation. Because back then, what it's like, back then they didn't, I mean, sure, back then you had Pixar, but it wasn't until Shrek that, that studios thought, hey, there's actual big money to spend on these movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time as well, it was the first ever award. It was the first ever film to win Best Animation Picture as well. That wasn't a Disney that. movie. No, it was Shrek. Yeah, that wasn't a Disney movie. It was the first animated movie to win an Oscar. Yeah. It wasn't a Disney movie. Yeah, but it was the first ever animation film. Seriously, look it up. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's, that's Yeah. That's, that's the animation insane. was not that old, actually. Um, short Animation Award is actually older than feature animated film <laughs> you know oh, wow. it is it's mind-boggling it's 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 like a little little known fact that no one talks about when it comes to oh these are magical facts about the oscars yeah and we really do appreciate our animation wars and he took us to until the year 2000 actually just started giving them awards who said that <laughs> yeah i know because 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 you look at that it's like hey there's nothing that's been uh you look at like yeah. Beauty and the Beast and all these other classics, and none of them actually won Oscars. Well, I mean, Beauty and the Beast was the only film part from Up. I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but but you know, back back to my point where it's like you know, Pixar changed the industry for better or worse. I mean, depending on who you ask, but. Uh, Don Rickles, oh, God, he was great as Mr. Potato Head. He was just fantastic in that role. And you could tell he had a lot of fun with that with that role as well. Yeah, especially like when interviews. I remember him, you know, watching interviews with him and saying, you know what, kids might not, you know, know my work, but you know, I'll always be remembered for Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of bizarre where you where you're i mean it's it's kind of weird because if you ask any comedian they'll tell you about you know don rickles the comedian legend and all and all his work and all his stand-up but if you ask a kid they'll be like oh he's mr potato head <laughs> yeah so uh, it is it, it, it's something really cool you know this e well you think about it a lot of a lot of the might i wouldn't say minor but main cast of those films did get older actors from older stuff that done stuff that actually gave him a chance to say, okay, here you go, here's a character, have fun with it, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, Joe, what was it, Slinky was voiced by the guy who did Ernest. Yeah, Ernest, also Ham the Pig um, as well, um, the guy's, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, from, Norm from, no, not Norm, yeah. uh, the, the Postman guy from Cheers. Yeah. He's actually, you know, the funny story is he actually became a Pixar regular and he's in every Pixar movie ever made. Yeah, they they call him his good luck charm. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> he's in every Pixar movie ever made. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, so that I mean, and it's just uh, it's sad, but you know he was ninety one, so he lived a long ass life. I think that's uh that's that's kind of the age you have to go at, where it's like if you're ninety one, okay, you know that's uh 
that's that's a good age to go at. Yeah, I mean, he, he lived a long life, and he's been in dozens of he's been in like dozens of film, tons of television, and, and you know, and he's voiced he's voiced Mr. Potato Head in the films and also outside the films as well. You, you know, outside the feature films, in shorts and in the video games and stuff like that. So he's he's done it a lot, you know. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's again. It's not the first time a cast member of Toy Story passed away, you know. So they, if they are going to go ahead and make any more shorts or um, get anyone new to be in in the fourth one, because they they keep talking about making a fourth one, um, they are, are they are going to recast, unfortunately. But you know that's how it goes. I mean, I know they recast Slinky for Toy Story Three. Yeah, but again, the guy who. We we replies him to be honest. It pretty much spot on, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I, I'm, I honestly I'm I'm not a fan of the idea of them doing a Toy Story four. I think Toy Story three was the perfect way to end the series, and uh, I don't want to see a fourth one. I really yeah. don't. No, I mean I, I don't mind them like doing like the short films and stuff like that. I thought for that was kind of cute, you know. Those are fine. I mean, those are kind of, yeah. okay, you know, you're doing something new. That's cool. But I don't want another fourth movie. I think that's pushing it. Yeah, it's pushing the boat out. You're just like, no, no just leave it. <laughs> you know. It's bad enough they're doing edgy cars now. <laughs> oh, you, you mean, oh, what's his name? Zack Snyder's cars. And from this moment, everything changes. It's like, are you for fucking real? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you guys uh, stop giving a shit, and uh, I don't blame you. I mean, these movies are only popular because they sell toys, so I don't blame you for not giving a, for stopping to give a shit. Uh, if if they are gonna go out on a bang, they're gonna go out on a bang, you know. Just wrap the wait and see what happens. Uh, but no, I think you know, sad day. But you know, we'll see what Pixar does, and hopefully they. I do love what they did when they they posted a picture of Mr. Potato Head, and they they posted a statement from John Lasseter, and uh, what he said was really touching. Yeah, really I thought that was touching. cool. Really touching. But uh, yeah, so moving on to less depressing news. Um, New Thor trailer come uh, is out. What did you think? I liked it. I liked the whole um, vibe that was given. It had a very 80s style um, sci-fi feeling. Again, my only nitpick with it is the same with you. We talked about this just before, before we started doing the podcast. If I have to nitpick, if I have to nitpick the, the tiniest thing out of it is that it felt very Guardians, Guardian of the Galaxies. Oh, I thought you, know? you, I, I thought you said it spoiled the entire fucking movie. <laughs> That's a general complaint I have with it. That's a general complaint I have with it. Um, I don't like the fact that they gave away in the trailer that um, the main bad, baddie in it destroys Force Hammer in the bloody trailer. You're just like, why? Why did you show that off? You didn't need to show it off. It's the same problem they had with Spider-Man Homecoming in the second trailer. Why did you show off the bit that Tony Stark took the Spider-Man outfit back from Peter? We didn't need to know that. That would have been such a cool moment. You know, seeing it in the film, not knowing about it. Same with the hammer breaking. You show it, 
No one knew about it. Because this is the thing that really annoyed me about it. I, no one, that has not leaked. No one knew until that trailer came out that Thor, well, it was sort of insinuating Thor loses his hammer, but no one knew that officially it got broken by someone. And I got, and I kind of have to call bullshit on that because no, I know that Helena is 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 the is the death incarnation of of Asgard, but no fucking way is she strong enough to break his goddamn hammer. I think I call bullshit on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too overly impressed with that to be honest, but I, I because it's such lazy writing because it's it just screams of oh we need thor but he's too op just write off his hammer i don't care how just write off his hammer it's just dumb uh, it's just dumb it's lazy writing and i hate it i i think that's just lazy lazy fucking writing it's like oh thor's powerful he has his hammer well let's just take that away oh how do we take that away i'll just like have someone break it yeah but apart from that Apart from that, that one general gripe, I enjoyed the trailer. I thought it looks good. It needed this tonal shift because, let's be honest, it's been proven that the second one went too serious, a little bit too dark. Didn't do so well. It didn't react well with audiences and it didn't act, react well with critics. I, I, you, know? you know, my problem is Thor is just not that interesting of a character to make movies out of. Yeah, I, I know that. That's probably the reason why they teamed him up, up with the Hulk, you know? Yeah, I kind of understand that because I'm like, you know, this character isn't that interesting, so you might as well try something new. And I applaud them for trying something new, but it just feels like a fucking Guardians movie with Thor thrown in there. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's fine if you like Guardians, but to me, Guardians should just stand on its own. It's like, you know, if I want space stuff, I'll watch Guardians. If I want superhero shit, I'll watch the other movies, you know? Yeah. Well, again, I think at this point, I think they want to start exploring more of the Cosmos side. And outside of Guardians, we haven't really seen any of anyone else, to be honest. And I think they want to start exploring it more, but not with the Guardians, because we all know what's going to happen. Thanos is going to turn up in Infinity War, and he's going to wreck shit. And they want people to get more used to seeing the whole space stuff, you know? I guess. I don't That's know. Thing. I can see why they're doing, doing this, turning in space. I don't mind it. I've known for, it's obvious for a long time that if they ever wanted to do a Hulk film, I think they wanted to do um, World War Hulk or um, Planet Hulk, they want to be doing Planet Hulk for a long time, but the problem is they can't do Planet Hulk because there's some contractual thing with Universal and Universal won't let them use Hulk in a standalone film, big mess there. But they don't mind him using Hulk in other films, which is even more messed up. That's the reason why we never got a Hulk sequel. Oh, and, and don't get used to Spider-Man because Sony is going to pull the plug after two movies. Oh, <laughs> again, that's Amy Pascal. I think that's her speaking out of her ass because she doesn't work for Sony anymore. But Oh, she uh, got fired? Good. Fuck her. Yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't work for Sony. She, she, she's been removed, created. She doesn't work in the position. This is what a lot of people don't realize about Amy Pascal. It's that she doesn't have as much power as she used to. When, when it comes to working in Sony anymore. So, at the end of the day, it's not her decision. It's not down to her. She's only the... really um, She is the liaison between Sony and Marvel at this point. That's her main job. She doesn't have any other thing... Any, she might have some creative inputs in some films, 
doesn't split it. She doesn't have that much power as she used to. So I don't I don't take her word for granted, but I can understand where she's coming from from business point. But because you know, you know, Sonny are trying to get a Venom film right made yeah, right. Yeah, that, that pisses me off. It's like it's been yeah. ten fucking years. I've been hearing since two thousand seven about a goddamn Venom movie. It's not right. gonna happen, okay? I'm sorry, it's not going to fucking happen. What what what, what happens? This this is my fear. If they do get the Venom film out, just that's a big if. It's not. Really they do get happen. out, and that film bombs horribly. Then I think Sony probably gonna reconsider reconsider about um you know reconsider about probably doing an other deal with marvel but i don't know i it'd be interesting i think i think they'd be fools not to renegotiate a second deal i mean considering yeah. their fucking studio is almost fucking bankrupt you know <laughs> yeah what do i mean at this point if you're marvel you just have to outweigh them at this point, if they if they carry on releasing bomb after bomb after bomb at this point, they say I heard the Smurf film they release hasn't done well, so oh, that's that, that's that's gonna go straight to DVD. That's you, there's already yeah. talk about that going straight to fucking DVD. At some point. So if I mean if that bombs, it more than likely we're probably gonna see all this you know magically go away. It's the best way to put it. I mean, I mean the fucking Ghostbusters already destroyed that fucking goddamn uh, company, so... Yeah, Ghostbusters are a huge failure for them, and the Smurf film hasn't done well for them, and... Oh, God, the amount of times you hear about, oh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do a 21 Jump Street and Men in Black crossover, and you're everyone just, like, laughing out the building. Because I've been I hearing did... fucking Venom rumors, Black Cat rumors, an all-female fucking superhero movie set in the Spider-Man universe, and I just, you know, this is just like, you're just throwing ideas to the t- on a fucking billboard, and you're not committing to them. Yeah. Like, Pretty again, much. again, the problem with a character like Venom is, like, he is such a polarizing character. He really is, cause, cause there are fans who really like the character, but yeah. there's such a small audience. I don't think he's a character that translates well with the general audience. He really doesn't. The problem is with, with Venom, all the general audience, the only Venom they know is, is fucking... the one is Eddie Brock's Venom. Yeah, and he's guy. That's all they know, and. That's what they want to go see. But the problem is there's so much more interesting facts to the, the Venom character. And it's even more funny that some of some of those more interesting traits came along after when the symbiote left Eddie Brock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it, and it went the Flash. It, well, we basically went to Matt Gargan and then it went to um, some crazy... What was it? I think... No, no. It went to some crazy gangster guy's son... Then it went to Matt Gargan, and then after Matt Gargan, it went to Flash Thompson. And that's when it got the character, got like, okay, this is an interesting take of it, and we like it. And now, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Venom at the moment. It seems to be like, they're, no- they're returning returning it to Brock finally, because they finally get it. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this character has been stagnating for the past couple of years. Yeah, maybe we should bring Brock back. <laughs> yeah, I think it didn't help that they put hit, they kind of ruined the character when they put him in. With Bendis, with uh, Guardian. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, but no. Getting back to four, um, four. I got, I got, I got high hopes for it. 
and that bit that bit at the end come on with him and him a hulk come on i'm, I'm just be... i'm just glad he finally wore the fucking helmet That's yeah i'm glad it's like yeah finally he took you three fucking movies but there you go <laughs> we're getting planet hulk even though it's not in his own film we're getting it you know <laughs> probably have to find a way to, to do it for like the next phase or something i don't know maybe well i mean i think if i don't know if this film does really well maybe university like hmm, maybe hulk can have a standalone film for, for the next next phase after infinity war it's it, it's the hulk his, his character isn't that fucking complex you know he really isn't yeah the problem oh, like Hulk work better in a team. That's the problem. But Hulk can be done well standalone. But the problem is you need the right people to do it. Ironically enough, World War Hulk and Planet Hulk are the two best Hulk stories ever ever written. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, then, and then the other problem is, is that it's like, apart from that, what else has Hulk done? It's like, you can argue, oh, he became the music, was it the music maestro, the guy with the long, big, great... Was it music? I can't remember uh, the, his name. The Maestro. That was a pretty cool storyline, but that worked as a one shot. But then they brought yeah. him back and just ugh. Yeah, I mean the Maestro will not work on. The Maestro is a good concept. The problem is they will never do it because they're really like, yeah, we're not going to make Hulk into a bad guy, and it be well at this rate, I, I can't really say it'd be complicated for fans because the, if they can accept Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man, I'll be like, okay, fuck, fuck it, they can do whatever they want. But I just, I don't think. That's the right direction to go. Going with Hulk. I mean, you know? I, I would like to see them do more with the character than just have him be a big, big green idiot. But you know. Yeah, but everyone wants to see see raw Hulk smash, and then you you know he gets. That's, in that's fight. my problem. It's like oh. <laughs> Oh god! One of my biggest fucking complaints about the fucking Avengers movie, where it's like, oh, Cap, uh, he tells Cap, oh, Hulk cannot be controlled, and then the final battle happens, and Hulk's a team fucking play, uh, player. Yeah, yeah. Sure. All, all, Captain, all Captain America needed to do to get him on his side was just like Hulk smash. <laughs> he just goes off and starts wrecking. No, that was just so fucking stupid. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's I, like, I loved it. Yeah, it it's like it's it's. But my problem is it kind of it kind of makes it hard to take the story seriously. Where it's like, oh, he can't be controlled. But then you know, just yeah, sure, sure, okay, sure. It's been proved a dozen times he can be controlled. Just look at Age of Ultron. That's all I'm gonna say. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. like oh, he can't be controlled. It's like I. That's why I just don't like the first Avengers movie because of that fucking stupid logic with that character. Where it's like oh, he can't be controlled, and then you clearly see him. Be controlled, so yeah. You know. But but no, I I'm hyped for it, and it, it, I mean, if this is going to be the final full film, yeah, you know, and if if it is going to go out on a high note, I'm glad that it's going out on a note that it kind of knows that it needs to change, but probably change for the better. I mean, let's be honest. This is, this thing is just an this is, this thing is just a launching point for Planet Hulk. Let's be honest. Whether that will, if Universal let them create a film, it's down the Universal. <laughs> it, yeah. Marvel doesn't have a say in any of the Hulk films. Yeah, I know it's because because you know Incredible Hulk just bombed, and and Universal since then has just been like, yeah, we're not. You know, you can use Hulk, but he can't be in a standalone movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's 
I mean, that, that contract is very, very weird at Universal. It's not... Is it what I mean? A lot of the contracts, when you look at them, they're all different. I mean, again, I can't remember who does the video, but there's someone that did a video called The Rise, The Fall of the Comic Empire on YouTube, and he explains it better than I can. But oh, he talk- oh uh, SF Debris. That's, a, that's yeah. a fantastic series, I think. Uh, yeah. I recommended that to everyone who needs to understand why the industry is in the way it is right now. Yeah, go and watch that. You can understand why the movie deals is so complex and why the deals are like that with, with Marvel. That's 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 probably the best person to watch to try to explain that mess. Oh, I mean, a funny story is Sony got the rights to the Spider-Man movie just so Marvel can say could save the character. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, you know what? We need to have like some sort of movie deal to keep the rights to this character because we're bankrupt. Because <laughs> we're fucking bankrupt. Yeah. That was, a, that was a great series. I need to watch that again. That was a fantastic fucking series. I only thought that I could watch that back a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I remember watching that two years ago and I was like, yeah, that's why the, indus- the comic industry has been the shitter for the past couple of years now. It hasn't really recovered, per se. It's gotten, it's it's gotten worse. <laughs> it's gotten way worse. Yeah. But I think for more indie stuff, I think it's actually flourished more, you know? Well, yeah, because, you know... I think, in, in, I think I think what Image did was really clever, where they rebranded themselves and said, okay, we're no longer a superhero company, we're a publisher... So yeah, we're we're willing to just publish your work, but you still own the rights to your work. Yeah, genius. You know, yeah. they just looked at Dark Horse and said, "Yeah, let's just be like Dark Horse." <laughs> yeah, that would mean. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if you still go on Dark Horse website and image to this day, um, I think you still submit comic ideas to them, and they will publish them, and they will get back to you on it. Yeah, you can't submit to them, but there's no guarantee that you'll uh, that you'll be they'll, they'll reply to you. But it's worth a shot. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've known someone who has done it, and apparently they have had had excess with it. So that's all I'm going to say. I can't say much else because the kind that that's going on at the moment, so I can't say much about oh. it. <laughs> then, I, think no, well, he's, he's... I mean, good luck to them. Good luck to them on that front. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So yeah, um, move on the next bit of news. Uh, next bit of news: Samurai Jack. So after a week of whining, we finally got the newest episode, and it was okay. It was good. I liked it. Again, question: Do you think Jack got some that night? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the memes? Oh God, the memes are so hilarious. <laughs> Where do you think we are? And it's 4chan. <laughs> and also, Aku say, excellent. <laughs> Extra thick. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad, but it's so funny at the same time. Oh, someone pointed out that, you know, uh, Jack's hallucination, he looks like the, the, the version of Jack from Aku's stories. And someone actually oh, po- someone actually posted when there's no porridge, and they posted a picture of him looking sad. No. <laughs> the other one I seen was uh, when um, you know the episode when Jack and Aku fight 
each other and when Oku is human. Oh, that's and, the funniest episode of the entire series. Yeah. There's a great meme of that going around, a GIF one of it, and basically it's like above uh, had text about it when Oku toy said, now where is so-and-so? And then Jack basically just looks down and you just they cropped it. It looks like he's looking down to his pain and cut back to Oku saying, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, just just keep doing what you're doing with the memes. The memes are great. <laughs> uh, but the episode itself, I think, was okay. I think I felt it was very rushed. If if I'm if I'm gonna be honest, I think it was very rushed, and I didn't buy Ashy's change of heart at the end. I'm like, really? That 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 was kind of quick. Yeah, I I, I would say this. I think. It didn't feel as good just because we had such a better episode, the last episode, you know? Yeah, like I, I was talking to Sam today, at, at, you know, uh, about this, and I, I told her, like, you know, first three episodes are really good, fantastic. And then, and I said to her, like, you know, I kind of knew going into this that this was going to be the breather episode, and I was right, but yes. I was kind of shocked at how rushed it was. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I, I can see that argument. But, because, yeah. Because, like, one, one, the opening is just him, like, you know, fighting her, and then, bam, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a giant fish swallows them whole, and then they get out of the, the fish at the end of the episode, and it's like, ah, oh, that's kind of it's kind of weird. We got from point A to point B real quick. Yeah. I think it needed that. Also, I think you get more character development. You needed that moment when both could be together and you get character between the two characters but it wasn't done as well it could possibly be you know because the problem is like they they haven't really been developing ashy's character all that much all we saw from her was like her origin and that's it like we yeah, barely, barely know anything about her to get invested in her character yeah but i think that's why they did this episode because we didn't want us to get to know her better you know, I I know, but but still, you know, it, kinda... it, was, it was like too convenient to say, okay, they get swallowed by a well. They have to work together now. You know, I, I can understand where you're coming from. I can totally see that. You know, I mean, I I kind of applaud Gendy for at least trying to do a lighthearted episode as opposed to the, like the because the first three episodes are very heavy, like very dramatic and very heavy, and and this was one. This one was much more lighthearted. Yeah, well, the, the, that's the thing with Samurai Jack. It's always had different moods and feels and whatnot. So, you know, it, I think with the season, it couldn't always be dark, dark, dark. It, it, we all knew it was going to be one of those. It's eventually going to have one of those episodes where it is a lot more lighthearted and is a lot more chilled, you know? Yeah, I mean, I understand that. But the, at the same time, it's like it just goes way too fast. It's like, oh, you know, they, they, they get swallowed and they gotta, they're doing this, they're doing that. You know, Ashy gets kidnapped by a monster. Jack kills the monster and they just move on. It just, it's, 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 it's going by way too fast for my taste. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad episode. It's, it's a good episode, but... Compared to like the first three episodes, it's it's okay. Yeah, that that's my main problem with it is that it came off the heels of a very very good first three episodes, you know. And I think this episode just needed to slow down a little bit, you know. 
I would have liked to see more bonding between Jack and Anashi instead of her just yelling at him the entire way. It's like, yeah, that that's okay. Maybe, maybe in the next episode we might we might get that episode. You know, because we had to establish these characters to meet each other finally and have to get to know each other a little bit. You know, we might get that bonding episode next next in the next episode maybe. Yeah, because I mean, Gendy said like the the biggest theme of of the season was you know uh, programming someone to believe something you know to act like a machine basically. Yeah, and that's where the daughters of Aku come in, and that's where their character comes in, where they're basically programmed to to serve Aku, who's a character they've never met, but they've been taught that you know he's the greatest you know living being of all time and he gave them the world and it's all this like backwards logic and and this entire and this great commentary on someone getting uh raised by nurture instead of nature so you know yeah yeah i can see that i mean um, I, I can go into to it deeply but I, i'm kind of waiting for the season to end before we can to before we get into any philosophical discussions yeah i will, I will yeah i agree with that um i mean i i mean it was it was good it was a decent enough episode i thought it looked beautiful i think that it um served its purpose to progress the to continue the plot um i just found the episode a little bit too convenient like this happens and then this happens to cause them to be together and then she feels like a great gratitude with Jack because he saved her from the monster, you know? Yeah, I know. It, just, it seems way too fucking convenient. And, and, and a lot of people pointed out, like, one of the biggest flaws in this episode was, like, how come how come Jack's hallucination noticed uh, Ashi was gone? Oh, nice. Nah, that, was, <laughs> that was a dumb moment. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe he knew subconsciously or something. I don't know. But... Still, still, like I said, he got some that night. <laughs> he did. I don't care what anyone says, he did. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, good episode, not the greatest, but, you know, pretty strong season so far. And, hey, next week we're getting uh, Scotsman, so that, that'll be a fucking hilarious episode. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't wait for that. I've missed Scotsman. Oh, my God, he was an amazing character. <laughs> so we're getting Scotsman and Moraku, so that's great. That's that's awesome. <laughs> so uh good episode, not the best, but so far so good. The entire season, you know, like I said, I still love the show. You know, minor mid-picks aside, decent episode, not the best, but you know, you know, we'll you know, we'll we'll see what happens next. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh <laughs> We now this... we now move on to the bit of news I really don't want to talk about, but I kind of have to because it's so fucking stupid that it's just why. <laughs> Is this the news I think I I think that we we're going to be talking about? So, <laughs> fucking John Sim is coming back as the Master in Doctor Who. There is a plan, apparently, according to Stephen Moffat. There is a plan. Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, sure there is, buddy. Sure there is. So, basically, the last time we'd seen John Sims Master was back in 2010 when they did the New Year's Day special uh, that had Timothy Dolphin in it. 
Um, and he and, and, his, it, and his character was handled very poorly. Yeah, and apparently the, his character is returning alongside with Missy. So we're going to have two masters. Uh... <laughs> Talk about tough fucking time. So yeah, apparently Sim Moffat, who is leaving this year, thank God, alongside with um, Peter Capaldi, which is kind of sad, because to be fair, he's, he was a good doctor, he was just not given anything good to work with. I think, I think, uh, I'm already talked about this on Tumblr, but I think the main problem is this, this whole decision, this whole, when I heard the news that he was leaving, I'm like, this stinks of fucking the BBC getting cold feet with him. This fucking stinks of that. Yeah. So this, what, this, this, what's been said about it. Nothing stays secret for long on Doctor Who, but you have to wait a little bit longer to see exactly what the master is up to up to and how he makes his return to face the doctor it's been a huge um place um surprise to have fans favorite um john sim and machinery gomez i can't pronounce her name who plays missy the female master the face to face in the same role it's not often you get to see a solo personality crash clash that's what's been said well, whoever wrote that obviously never watched the fucking show because we've had Doctor crossovers since what? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, I like John Simmons, the master, when they brought him in for season three. I like when they did that. It was it was handled the, the, really well. The, the problem is he shouldn't have come back because when he died. A fucking Russell T. Davis made sure that he died and would never come back. Yeah. But, but then the BBC probably said, yeah, you know, we should bring him back. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the thing, thing was, I think Moffat wanted to bring the master back at some point, but they didn't know how to. And they kind of did explain how they brought him back, but lazily... It it's over the problem. Okay, to sum up Moffat general when it comes away, it's overly convoluted for for too bad for its own good. You know, you can find a reason in it, but it is way over complicated. You know, you cannot simplify it for someone who doesn't watch the show constantly. That's the problem. That's the thing where every time I tell someone who, who wants to watch Doctor Who. Understand that this show fucking contradicts itself in every episode. Every yeah. goddamn episode contradicts itself. Yeah. And plus also it gets more confusing every single time they get a new showrunner as well because once a new showrunner comes in, they change up all the rules. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The best example is uh, when, uh, what's his face, fucking uh, Colin Baker came into the role and they had gotten rid of, uh, they had gotten rid of the Sonic Screwdriver and then they, but they had him, but the showrunner was like, oh, you know, I want to still use the sonic screwdriver. So he had to use the laser lancer or whatever the fuck it was called. It was basically the same fucking device, but it was, but it wasn't a sonic screwdriver. It was a laser lance or some bullshit like that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Just, just to give you an idea of how much this show fucking contradicts itself. It's... I mean, Moffat's gone off this season. And when I saw this news hit, I officially said, I am done with this show. 
but I might give it a watch. I don't know. I'm really I'm done with Doctor Who. I'm just being so worn out on on this whole shit with 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 like bad season after bad season after bad season. Um, I'm done. I'm done with over convoluting storylines. I'm done to callbacks that no one even cares about. I'm done with um, red with con, red conning shit. <laughs> retcon after retcon after retcon with this show because it is not an easy show to follow. And it, it's it's if you're a fan of show, you feel like you're being punished more then you are being rewarded most of the time watching Doctor Who. And I think that's because that's down to Moffat. My mate says to me, well, Moffat's had a year now to plan a season out. Yes, but will he fucking deliver? How many years had he he had to write Sherlock? And how many people got pissed off at that final episode of Sherlock? That just aired the last recent season. <laughs> with, with, with Sherlock's sister. That's... Ugh. I don't watch that atrocity, and thank fuck for that. But, again, I'm glad he's gone. New person's coming in, taking over. Um, Hopefully she does a good job. Um, Yeah, I just... I I just hope Doctor Who recovers after this. I just... The problem is, it's mirroring the problems that had with the show just before the original show got cancelled, you know? Oh yeah, because uh, it's it's very the problem with the show is like the problem is people can't agree on anything, and I understand. I understand. Okay, some people might like the Moffat stuff. Some people like their Davis stuff, and no one can agree on anything. But but even then, even if you're the most diehard. Moffat fan out there, you have to admit that his newer his newer stuff is lazy compared to his older stuff. You have to admit that. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but it's it's hard to not look at the newer stuff and say he's <laughs> say he's not gotten lazy because he has. Yeah. He has. I'm sorry, but he has. I mean, Stephen Moffat. When you look at his earlier stuff, he has written some. When the show came back, he wrote some amazing episodes before he became the showrunner. I know, and I understand. Like once you became a showrunner, that that pressure gets to you. I understand that. I understand that. But the problem is, he just kept going on his own route and doing stuff he wanted to see done, not what was good for the show, but something he specifically wanted to see just to impress himself. Yeah. I mean, it's again. If you want to watch one of his best episodes ever in Doctor Who, go watch Go Go in the Fireplace. Oh, that episode is fucking amazing. Yeah, that would mean that's hands down the best Doctor one of the best Doctor Who episodes. I would say in ever. And the Doctor dances is another one. Yeah, that's another good one. I mean, he has done some fantastic writing for this show, but the problem is, it's just all his recent stuff. Just no, you, you know, it's just like it's not as good as it used to be. Because that's the thing; it's like he comes across as a fan who just wants to see something that he always wanted to see on the show, and not thinking of the long-term solution. 
Where he's like, oh, it w- wouldn't it be cool if we, we finally bridged the gap between the 8th and ninth Doctor regeneration? You know, and then that would be fine. That That's cool, but the way he did it with the War Doctor was just convoluted and stupid. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, I'm trying to think of another episode he'd done. Again, Blank, that was good. Oh, that was a great episode. Um, also, the two-part, uh, which was, um, was it, um, Science in the Library and um, um, Forest of the Dead. So, so quite good as well. Well, back when River Song actually was a mysterious character who, who had, uh, who had yeah. a fucking personality that wasn't a Mary Sue. And I can even name one episode he did, which is very, is a very, very recent. Was literally like last season's episode. It's a last season episode, and it was fantastically won, which was Heaven Sent when he was trapped inside that castle. That was that was, um, that was probably the only highlight of that fucking season. Season, yeah, it was. That was the, one of the only good episodes of last season, and that episode was amazing. That can show if you. He's a good standalone writer. He can contain a story within a story. You, you know, he can tell a fantastic standalone story. He's not good at a sh- an overarching storyteller like a showrunner. You know, if you have him, okay, this is these are the characters. Go away and write a self-contained story with these characters. He come back to fantastically. He can do that. I know. Yeah, he can't do overarching plots. That's that's my main criticism of him. Again, one of my biggest complaints about the Matt Smith run was the way his character was written and the way the show became all about River Song at one point. And I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. Like the entire show became oh River Song this River Song that River Song this River Song that and I'm like I don't care about this character anymore she's a goddamn Mary Sue now and I'm tired of her being being a huge part of the Doctor's life I'm like bullshit bull fucking shit yeah and then and then you had Clara oh my god Clara I liked her as a I liked her as a character. That's only because I like the actress. But um, yeah, I, I can understand people's hatreds for her, though. She was awful last season. Awful. It didn't. Yeah, I mean, last season just wasn't written well. To be honest, that didn't help. It didn't. Yeah, like, there was just like some. They kill her off, but then they bring her back. But then it's like, oh no, it's okay. The Doctor won't remember you or anything like that or any of your adventures, but it's okay because you get your own TARDIS. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Way uh, to fucking cheapen the death, Moffat. Yeah. Again, if you can't tell, we have a bit of hate, uh, love-hate relationship when it comes to Doc- Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, what, what, what fucking gave that away, Tom? I don't know. <laughs> Probably the outburst of rage. Because again, like Moffat, one of my biggest complaints about him as a writer and as a writer myself is the way that he cheapens death. He really does. Like a character dies and it just, it feels cheap. It's like, no, no, no it's okay. It's okay. The best way I can describe it, to put it in comic book terms, is that essentially what they're doing, they've treated it as like, Marvel would do with their characters. They kill someone off and then bring them back immediately. They, it's it's not even that. He, he brings them back in the most asinine way possible 
And then they ba- he basically says, oh, no, don't worry. That shit still happened. But the doctor's not going to remember you. Yeah. Well, what's the fucking point of the last fucking three seasons then? Yeah. It, that's another criticism of Moffat. Moffat, he can't end stuff. He, he can write a really good start and middle. But when it comes to ending it, that's when he's the worst. Yeah, I mean, all that River Song hype, all that hype, and who she was, and oh, what's her connection to the Doctor? Oh, she was just uh, Amy and Roy's child. That's it. Yep, yep that's it. <laughs> you can go home now. <laughs> that's the Those that's are- the big that's the big payoff, you guys. And I'm not saying Russell T. Davis is perfect. Fucking David Tennant's last story sucked. It was a terrible story. Yeah, I mean, it's like, if, again, Russell T. Davis, another thing I can remember that wasn't good, the Dr. Donna. Oh, I hated Donna so much. He was awful. Yeah, that would mean, it's, we're not, we're not griping on him just because of Russell T. Davis. And yeah, we can pick, we can nitpick stuff from, Russell T. Davison's error as well. Just look at Love and Monsters. Or the uh, idiot, idiot Slanter, and that's another yeah. horrible one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you can. It just for me, with with Stephen Moffat, he's done more harm to the show than actual good. That's why I think why he's such a devising person. I know, and and like I said to all the hardcore fans, even the most hardcore Stephen Moffat fan. You kind of have to admit that his newer stuff is just fucking garbage compared to his older stuff. You can't, you can't argue that. I'm sorry. You can't argue yeah. that. His older stuff is much better. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah. And, and, and I'm at that point where I'm like you, Tom. I, I, I've given up on this show. I, I, I realize that there's no point in me watching this anymore because... As much as I love Capaldi, there is just so much he can do with the crap he's been given to work with. Again, Capaldi's... This is what I mean. why I feel so bad for Peter Capaldi is that he's a fantastic doctor. I like him a lot. I like him a lot more than Matt Smith. But he has just hasn't been given as much good content, I can argue, as like David Tennant, Cricker, Esther, and also even Matt Smith. He has not been given the chance that much of a chance to work on that many great things. I'm not saying there's 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 bad episodes within his all of his episodes that he done that are bad, but I would like to see him in a lot more better episodes than we have. There's only a handful of really good episodes he's been in though. That, that that's the sad thing about Peter Capaldi's run. I know. I mean I, I mean I think we you can go back and listen to to to, to our review of like the 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 the, the what was it series 8 yeah, and I remember saying I remember we we disagreed on the episode. Listen, oh god, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh god, yeah. We were, I'm not I'm not bringing up old wounds, but oh, I mean yeah. I mean looking back at that episode, I I hate myself for not giving Capaldi a lot of credit because his acting was fucking amazing in that episode. It was. He's a really good actor, and also if you want to see good stuff with Peter Capaldi, just watch the thick of it. It's Jesus Christ, he just. He's something else in that, but he's good. <laughs> or watch, or watch fucking Lair of the White Worm. That's a great movie that more people should watch. 
I mean, he, he's he's a fantastic actor, and it's just it's just a bit of a shame that he hasn't really been given a huge opportunity to show all his chops off. There has been sprinkles here and there, but I think there's a lot more that he could have done. That's my main gripe. I, mean, I think the one I, I think you know one of the episodes I really like from his run was the Husbands of River Song. I thought that was a really heartwarming episode that really got to me. <laughs> That was a good episode. That actually was a good episode. That Moffat actually right. That probably one of the only decent Christmas episodes they done. To be honest, like yeah, I know because I watched it. I'm like, God damn it, Moffat! Why are you making me like this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's the other one that they do? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember now. Um, I where? mean, the Davros episodes were, were really good from the interactions, but the rest of the stuff was garbage. Yeah, I will agree with that. The Davros episodes were very good um, for last season. Oh, the heist episode. That was a really cool episode. The heist yep. episode. That was yeah. a really cool heist. episode. That was a really good one. Um, I thought The Caretaker was fun. That was oh, a fun that, that was a, that was another really cool episode. Oh, the, the the mystery, the mummy on the on the train episode. That was another one of my favorites. Yeah, that that was a fun episode. I mean, the, the, there's some good episodes though. It just it just cool, you know, it just like no. <laughs> yeah. Like I like Capaldi. He's great in the role, but he's just given. He's not given that much to to do to shine because the problem is they're not giving his <laughs> doctor a chance to 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 be his own doctor and. To, to be his own character is what I'm saying. Yeah. He just hasn't been given the chance. I think it doesn't help that they took a year, a year break out as well. Yeah, I know. And it sucks because now now that they announced that he's leaving, I'm like, wow, that sucks. That could, you know, we could have had him an extra year, but nope. Nope. Yeah. So, uh. But honestly, I'm done with Doctor Who. I, I'm at that point where I like Capaldi, but he's not enough of a reason for me to keep watching this shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I think next season pretty much just going to judge my personal opinion on Doctor Who, and if, if it's terrible, I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm officially done with the whole thing. I'm already not a fan of the idea that they got Matt Lucas to, to, to come in as a comedy relief character. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, hey, it's that guy from Little Britain. Remember, remember that fucking show. Yeah. I, yeah. I just my only thing with it. I hope when he does regenerate, it's not as stupid of of a fan affair as Matt Smith as the Doctor. Oh God, I don't want to bring up that episode. Please, no. <laughs> what I'm gonna say is this. Man of Steel of Doctor Who. That's all I'm going to say. I cared more about handles than I cared about the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that that's funny. <laughs> what? I mean, you can't tell me you, you handles didn't have a good character arc. What? <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah that's Doctor Who Johnson coming back as the master we've gone off on a tangent on there 
that's, that happens every time we bring Doctor Who up. That's why I don't bring up Doctor Who on the show because it just Again, it's gonna it's don't... gonna it's gonna turn into a goddamn Moffat circle jerk. So, do you want to add on the list of WWE as well? So, wrestling, Doctor Who, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm fine with Sonic, but you know, because Sonic hasn't done anything that really pisses me off yeah. yet. Yet. Michael Bay Transformers. <laughs> although, I, although I do admit, Sonic Forces is a dumb fucking title. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Sonic Mania, though. Yeah, Sonic Mania looks okay. I played it. It's fun. <laughs> Sonic Forces sounds like a goddamn image comic book from the 90s. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it? Even the logo looks like it's it, it's from the 90s. <laughs> Coming this summer, Sonic Forces. <laughs> this time, it's personal. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, they're they're do they're are they still doing that fucking live action Sonic movie or is that is that that did that get shit canned? It depends if Sony goes under. So that's no, dude, a no. Sony has the licensing to it. So that's a no. Oh, I'm gonna say they put a shitload of money into Sonic film, and the Sonic film bombs really badly. It, how how funny? No, this is the only thing I'm gonna hate about it. If if the Sonic film is the last film that Sony Pictures release, and then Sony Sony closes their doors after it comes out because of how massive a bomb it is. I'm not going to live that down with my friends and people know that I'm like Sonic the Hedgehog forever. <laughs> they went, oh yeah, you, you know, you know that Sonic film that was the reason why Sony Pictures sh- shut down. I'm not just, just I mean, standing there just giving the middle finger like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably someone will end up buying them anyway. Probably. Maybe. Not really. Just... Just let it be DreamWorks. Mm. He can do. They can do something with Sonic at least. Yeah, but uh, but I think that's pretty much it, right? There's nothing else to discuss. Oh, nothing to my knowledge. Okay, so sorry for the rambling at the end, but that happens when we talk about Doctor Who. But anyway, thanks for listening. If you're still listening to this, then thanks for you know whatever, and we'll see you all later. Bye bye. All right.